We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You knew the risks when you decided to drive drunk. There could be a crash. People could get hurt or killed. But that didn't stop you, did it? You knew you could get arrested. You could incur huge legal expenses, and you could possibly even lose your job. You were well aware of the consequences of driving drunk. But one thing's for sure. You were wrong when you said it was no big deal. Drive sober or get pulled over. This message brought to you by NHTSA. KJ Podcast, my people. Round one of the NFL Draft is complete. Shockwaves all throughout the league. Baker Mayfield to Cleveland. Sam Darnold to the Jets. And eventually, your San Francisco 49ers pick Mike McGlinchey. Tackle Notre Dame. Really threw us all for a loop. No one thought Kyle was going to go offense in the first round. This podcast had talked about tackle being a second round possibility. But Mike McGlinchey is the pick. I don't love it. I don't hate it. We'll get into all the ramifications. Trent Brown is just traded as I hit record on this podcast to the Patriots for a third round pick. 49ers also sending a fifth round pick. So this offensive line has been completely overhauled. It's not sexy. We'll get into it. I want to give a shout out to all the listeners who came out to Pete's last night. Great little draft party in North Beach. Doug, Jacob, Shout out to Kathleen and Daniel, Tony, great people at Pete's. We're going to make this a bar. You can come and talk Kyle Shanahan, Jimmy Garoppolo. This is going to be a 49ers bar in North Beach, and we kicked it off last night. Let's hop right in. Mike McGlinchey is the pick at nine. I got to be honest, at first, I was not too positive about that pick. And I'm still not giving it an A yet because it's so forward-thinking. 
ton to unpack here. I think the first point to make is who they left on the board. Tremaine Edmonds goes 16 to the Bills. Minka goes 11 to the Dolphins. And you have Marcus Davenport is the scary one. The Saints trade all the way up from the late 20s to 14 to get Marcus Davenport. That's the scary one. And why I didn't love this pick at first. I thought the 49ers left a really good defensive player on the board. I thought John Lynch, Kyle, Robert Sala are going to be able to identify someone, plug and play, even if he's not a three-down player. And maybe that's what it came down to. They were scared Marcus Davenport wasn't going to be a good run defender and was going to be just a third-down guy. They are scared Minka. What is he really? And then with Tremaine Edmonds, is he even going to play on third downs? There's question marks about all three of those guys. They end up taking a safe pick. Mike McGlinchey. Kyle Shanahan in one offseason has totally remade this offensive line. Now, Daniel Kilgore played good down the stretch, but Weston Richburg is that Alex Mack type, your anchor in the middle, calling a ton of protections for Jimmy G, taking on a ton of responsibilities as the center does in this position. He's athletic. Now you have a right tackle who's 6'8", 310 pounds, slender, and you can run behind him. The thing I like most about McGlinchey is his run blocking. He's an animal. I've watched three games of his tape. And yes, he did have Quentin Nelson next to him, so he's often cleaning up in the run game, but he can pivot and drive and get to the second level really quickly. With that being said about Mike McGlinchey, there's some healthy skepticism if he is an NFL left tackle because his pass protecting is not elite. You have really smart draft minds. Daniel Jeremiah had him as the number 31 prospect, called him a right tackle. Even though he played left at Notre Dame, there's some deficiencies, the way he's built here, what he's put on tape. Is he your cornerstone left tackle? 49ers are going to throw him out on an island there eventually. I say it's two more years of Joe Staley here, and he either rides out in the sunset or takes some smaller contract to stay here. They're not going to give Joe Staley another big contract at 36 years old. So eventually, Mike McGlinchey will get his shot as a left tackle. But if this still is your long-term right tackle here, he's a damn good run defender. This is a big point to make. When they play the Rams... Running up the middle is going to be extremely difficult. And McGlinchey can be the guy you're running behind a lot because he gets out in space so quickly. It's a safe pick. 49ers have not addressed defense. Maybe they think their defense is better than what it actually is and is the scary part here and why some people are down on this pick. And I get the skepticism here. You have... I think half the fan base believe in anything that Kyle and John Lynch do. Maybe it's 60 to 70%. And you have your 30% here starting to percolate and saying, wait a minute. Last year, we may have missed on Solomon Thomas. Reuben Foster, let's hope he's on the field. Clearly, his character issues you guys were not able to identify or you thought wouldn't be a big deal and they're blowing up in your face. Now you're taking a right tackle when you already have a pretty good one in Trent Brown. All right, you don't want to pay Trent Brown. He's got body size issues, but McGlinchey has to be at least as good as Trent Brown. He has to be a top 10 right tackle. That's what Bleacher reports, Matt Miller, all those scouts that they've hired doing the film observations. He's in the top 10. Trent Brown's with 
Jeremy Parnell, Marcus Gilbert, Ryan Ramchek, uh, Brian Beluga, Darrell Williams, Mitchell Schwartz. They have Lane Johnson as the top right tackle. Right tackles do matter. Lane Johnson was a top five pick. Mitchell Schwartz, second round pick. Beluga, first round pick. The money here is actually what's really in play. The 49ers still have $48 million in cap room. Trent Brown, you could read between the lines the way Kyle talked about him as a pass protector being elite, but he needs to improve in other areas, a.k.a. this guy, we can't do certain things. I tweeted it, and I know for a fact some of the 49ers' run-blocking schemes were limited on the right side just because of Trent Brown's body size. And that's a big deal in Kyle Shanahan's offense. You've got to have a full array there. He was a seventh-round pick, Trent Brown. He became a damn good player. That was one of Trent Baalke's better picks post-Super Bowl era. I mean, he bombed on a lot of picks. Trent Brown was a good pick. Patriots are getting a good player here. And you know they gave up a third-round pick, essentially, saying that's what Trent Brown would be worth if he's in this draft. I agree. I mean, it, it's a win-win there. The 49ers get to unload Trent Brown and just immediately insert McGlinchey. I think, yeah, you're taking someone top 10. You want McGlinchey to play this season. So there will be pressure for him, obviously, to be good. He's got strengths. His technique played for a really good O-line coach up there in Notre Dame who's now with the Chicago Bears. Another point I want to make, Kyle Shanahan, I really trust his evaluation of offensive linemen. The last time he picked an O-lineman in the top 10 it was Trent Williams with the Washington Redskins, who's still one of the best left tackles in the league. If you remember correctly, there was a huge debate between him and Russell Okung. Redskins, I believe, were picking fourth or fifth right before the Seahawks. And many scouts had Russell Okung as the much better prospect. 49ers, or excuse me, Redskins kind of stunned some people at the time and took Trent Williams. And he's been possibly one of the best offensive linemen in Redskins history, and they've had Hall of Fame offensive linemen up there. Joe Jacoby, he's been on a hogs level for them. So I think that's one major reason to be excited. Kyle Shanahan knows how to evaluate offensive linemen. They're watching the film in such slow motion, and Kyle notices things that a a player does. If Kyle's picking O-line top 10, you know the player... I mean, I'm going to bet with certainty McGlinchey is going to be damn solid. Not a pro bowler, but... Someone who's going to anchor that right side for a long time. I think they're going to end up trying him on the left side in a couple of years. And it may not work out. And we'll see how his contract plays out. But four years, $17 million is a great deal for high-quality tackle play. In my mock, I had McGlinchey going eight to the Bears. I knew a random team was going to take him. It was going to be Bears, Niners, or Raiders probably. He had been in the late teens, early 20s in a lot of mocks. But it's O-line for cheap on the rookie's pay scale? When you don't have firm answers, not a sexy pick, but it's forward thinking. It makes sense. I don't love it. If Marcus Davenport is a stud and gets 10 sacks a year and the Saints hit again, this is a bad pick. They left a really good player on the board. But um, one thing we haven't talked about, they outside of Richard Sherman, the 49ers have not addressed defense really at all this offseason. Free agency was Weston Richburg, was Jarek McKinnon. Those were the big splashes. Corey Toomer is a backup. Dave Lombardi from The Athletic really hyping him up. He didn't play a high percentage of snaps for the Chargers. He played like 22% of their snaps. He's a flyer. They took 
a flyer on Jerry Atachu as a pass rusher. They re-signed Cassius March. This defense, besides Richard Sherman, right now, looks the exact same. So, I mean, pick 59, pick 70, and 74 might all be defense. And you might be packaging up to get Josh Jackson, Harold Landry. I'm bummed about Landry. There's clearly a medical concern. I don't know if... I think Tom Pelissero said knee and back. And he did play banged up the whole year. <sighs> that sucks. I don't want to take him with, with a medical concern. Josh Sweat has medical concerns. Edge rushers often have medical concerns. I'm not a fan of Arden Key. I think he stands up too straight. He's more of a 3-4 outside linebacker than a hand-in-the-dirt guy. I would not be taking a running back, Darius Geis, or trading up for that. It's just interesting that the 49ers went tackle. We all thought it'd be guard maybe in the second round. Austin Corbett was the guy I was sweating so hard out of Nevada. Maybe that's not out of the case, too. Maybe they do go guard round three. Let's look at this O-line. It's going to be Joe Staley at left tackle and either Lakin Tomlinson or Jonathan Cooper at left guard, Weston Richburg center. Joshua Garnett, is he going to get on the field at right guard? I thought he was okay his rookie season with Chip Kelly, completely different blocking scheme, but I really thought he was fine. Was not a bust at all. And then you have Mike McGlinchey starting at right tackle. Tweeted it, this O-line is going to feel and look more athletic and you're going to be able to do more in the run game. At the 49ers rank in the top 10 in rushing, this year and teams are fearful of them rushing. Imagine that with Jimmy G. I think this was a run blocking pick, a running scheme when McGlinchey was made Kyle Shanahan was sweating the most because it's like, okay, we can do more in the run game now. We don't have to run up the middle against the Rams. And we just unloaded Trent Brown who's going to cost us money and what was going to be our replacement for Trent Brown next offseason. Nate Solder just got $62 million from the Giants. Free agency for left and right tackles gets extremely pricey. The defense could be a problem. It's pick your poison essentially in the NFL draft. The 49ers tried to solve a problem not just for 2018, but 19, 20, 21. Get a guy who they knew was going to be good. They were too scared. I told you about Tremaine Edmonds. I saw him slipping. I thought he was going to slip into the 20s. He's just that tweener, athletic, kind of a middle linebacker, really, in the, in the league. He's long and tall in space. He'll probably be good in space on short passing downs, but I don't think he was going to be a three-down player. And on defense, I think in the top ten, you got to take someone who's going to be playing a ton of the snaps. And I think that's what it came down with him. Minka, it was there. I, I think the fans who were really upset the most are the ones who said you passed on Minka. The, the mock drafters and the talent evaluators did not agree on him. I mean, he was pegged as fourth in mock drafts coming out. And then these guys started talking to NFL teams. It's a slot corner. He is a slot corner. It's a luxury item to have. And you can normally find fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh undrafted guys to play slot corner at a pretty high level on the cheap. So 49ers doing a cost analysis with Mike McGlinchey, I like what he cost. And I like that he's probably going to start week one. KJ podcast, recapping 49ers first round. Yeah, I mean, it's not the exciting Roquan Smith. We all would have gotten 800 retweets if that was the pick, giving our praise for that. 
he goes right before. That'd be interesting if it was still Roquan and McGlinchey. If they left Roquan on the board, I think the outrage would be tremendous right now just because there's really no flaws on Roquan. And he is the three-down player. He's that good in coverage. He can mark pretty much every tight end in the league, maybe besides Gronk and, and Kelsey and some of the top ones. But, hey, this is how the cookie crumbles. It's Mike McGlinchey. Trading Trent Brown, getting a third round pick out of Trent Brown, hell yeah. I think that's a great deal. You got the second round pick out of Jimmy Garoppolo. I didn't think the Patriots were going to be that kind. I guess transactions are different. You got to say, all right, this is a new deal. But I don't know. Certain teams, all right, we owe you one. We got to make this move to get this pick. You'd be surprised how prior dealings do come up when these teams chat on the phone and, and try and move players. I think Trent Brown will be great for the Patriots. He's got to be pumped. At least he's going to a good team. Um, he is in a contract year. I wouldn't be surprised to see the Patriots sign him to a two-year, $15 million something, get him off that seventh grade, or excuse me, seventh round pay scale. KJ Podcast, we are moving and humming. Might as well kind of get into what happened with the rest of the draft. Baker Mayfield... A lot of people think boom or bust with the Browns, that it's going to be a terrible pick or he's going to be a star. I actually think it's going to be in the middle. I think he's going to be a fringe 8-8, eight 9-7 eight, guy at his best, kind of like an Andy Dalton and need a lot to go right around him. I think he is going to make plays. The offense is going to be exciting. I don't think he's going to be a bust. I also don't think he's going to be a top five quarterback in the league one day and we're saying, wow, the Browns really made the right pick here. I think he's going to be so entertaining and Cleveland is now must watch and this is going to be like if Johnny did come in and play decently and make them competitive 6-10, and 7-9 I think eventually I think Baker will start by October if Tyrod Taylor isn't winning if Tyrod's not winning there's no point to wait you don't want to keep jerking Baker from the bench and, and back but I think eventually he'll be ready to just start from October and, and you, you I'd rather lose with Baker then lose with Tyrod. I think Baker's ready. I don't think that he needs time. It's The only concern with him is his height and his character. He can make every throw. He can play from within the pocket, on the move. Um, the Denzel Ward thing with Bradley Chubb on the board, that's where the Browns, I, I'm kind of scratching my head. Um, Ward is a solid corner. You're probably not going to be able to get a Chubb type of player again, a pass rusher, Miles Garrett is kind of nicked up a lot. Pass rushers, Harold Landry, nicked up a lot. You have two of them together, that's great. You're you're often going to be playing with one, though. These guys get hurt a lot. So it's going to be hard to find Bradley Chubb ever again. If the Browns start winning, they're, not, they're going to be picking 10, 11, 12. They're not going to be able to get the edge rushers because they do go top five like the Broncos pick. Broncos thrilled with that falling in their lap. They've won a Super Bowl off pass rush before. John Elway's going to lean on that. Lamar Jackson, I love that pick for the Ravens. Joe Flacco's going to be gone next year. He could be retiring. I don't know. I don't know if he'll be willing to do the bounce around thing. I think Lamar Jackson will be a stud there. I love the fit in Baltimore. He's going to be electric. I really think like Michael Vick. Maybe not winning all the time, but one of the most exciting quarterbacks in the league. Uh, Josh Allen. Uh, Man, Buffalo had a good thing going. They just made the playoffs with Tyrod Taylor. Now they have a worse quarterback. I really feel bad for that fan base. Josh Allen is not going to succeed there. 
it is so Blaine Gabbard. It's so like this guy is not going to be good in the NFL, and this is not a good scenario for him to go in. They have Shady McCoy. He's getting old, but oof, don't like it. Sam Darnold, I'm I'm a toss up. I'm leaning bust. I'm leaning towards him not being that good for the Jets. I just see a ton of turnovers. I think he'll be okay. But I, I don't think he'll ever make the playoffs with the Jets. I, that's just too tough of a scenario for him. The Mark Sanchez stuff is going to start creeping in when he starts throwing picks. I think he's he's polished and solid all around. But at the end of the day, the Browns were like, Baker has a higher ceiling. If he actually is good, he's going to be better than Sam Darnold for sure. That makes sense. Like Sam Darnold is, is a B plus, is, can do everything. Baker can make players around him a lot better than Sam Darnold can at the end of the day. Josh Rosen already given some weird interviews. Little too cocky, bro. Like, we get it. Like, be a little humble. Understand the moment. Didn't like that. But I do think he's going to end up being a problem for the 49ers to have to deal with. I think the Cardinals got it right. I was criticizing them on a previous podcast. If they don't, know, if they don't draft a fucking quarterback and they have to go against Jimmy G, Russell Wilson, and Jared Goff, they have no idea what they're doing. Luckily, Steve Kime, that's a, I mean, that's a great spot, a 10 there to get Josh Rosen. They're lucky he fell. I think out of all these quarterbacks, he's going to have the most success in stats. I don't know about winning. I don't know about them building that team. But I think Josh Rosen is going to be a 20-touchdown-a-year guy and in fantasy, and people are, are using him. Outside of that, I mean, Rams didn't have a first-round pick. Brandon Cooks was their first-round pick. Seahawks drafted Rashad Penny, many who thought would be a late second-round pick, early third. They take him in the first. Obviously, they think he's going to be a star. Their running game has not been the same since Marshawn Lynch and that Super Bowl loss to the Patriots. And that's really the last time they were as dominant as they were. They have to find... That running game with Russell Wilson, those two together are lethal. Again, I think Seahawks are going 8-8, eight 9-7 and, eight, and seven this year. I don't see them tanking or quitting or being a shitty team. They're going to be a tough out and a tough play. KJ Podcast, big takeaways. Trust Kyle Shanahan's evaluation of O-linemen. This pick is a lot about 2019, 2020, 21, when the 49ers won't have certainty at the tackle position. And McGlinchey is a good player. And they didn't like the guys on the board on D. And I agree. I'd rather have a solid right tackle than Minka as Jimmy Ward part two as a slot corner. Oh, let's throw him at safety because we've got injuries. At the end of the day, a versatile chess piece in the secondary. I'd rather have a lockdown outside corner or someone. I want to know your position in the top 10. We know McGlinchey is going to start at right tackle, and he could be your left tackle. I like the versatility there. Um, I give the pick because Marcus Davenport and some other guys, I think on defense, are going to end up being stars that were picked later in the first round. And Deron Payne wasn't a fit because you have Buckner. I'm just saying, I think the 49ers need defense way more than they need O-line certainty. O-line was already a huge priority, but the Rams are their biggest nemesis. And I know McGlinchey won't be blocking Darnold, excuse me, Aaron Donald and Sue up front. It's going to be a war in the trenches and it's the 49ers stockpiling ammo. I don't hate the pick. I definitely don't love it. I think it's above average. I think this is above average pick, forward thinking. 49ers needed a surefire starter. 
I would be considering packaging 59, 70, 74, 95, not all of those together, but some type of package to move up in the second round. Guys that I would trade up for, Harold Landry, obviously. We don't have to even get into that. I'm obsessed with him. The medical stuff sucks. And I think I said earlier, maybe stay away from him. But if the Niners are willing to take a chance, I don't think you can hate that value, getting Harold Landry in the second round. Josh Jackson, I mean, the 49ers said they had 30 first-round grades. I think there's going to be a couple guys in the second round they have first-round grades on. They may stay at 59. Cortland Sutton still available. Christian Kirk, I doubt it's a receiver, but if it is one in the second round, I would say Kyle thinks they have number one wide receiver potential. Basically, a move... Very similar to McGlinchey. If they take a receiver here, he might not play year one, but it's a Pierre Garçon replacement. It's a Marquise Goodwin upgrade slash replacement. We'll see how Pierre ages here, but 49ers are thinking long-term. And I really would go D again in rounds two, three, and four, but if it is a receiver, it's cheap. And it's potential number one. So the 49ers, when they take a player and you don't understand the now, they are thinking money-wise and long-term. They stay at 59. I like Lorenzo Carter, Edge from Georgia. Malik Jefferson can play. Will Linebacker, maybe even Sam for the 49ers. Texas guy, that's where Kyle Shanahan went. I'm looking at Edge. Linebacker, corner, second and third round here. This defense needs big help. Akilah Witherspoon was a great pick last year. Let's get more of those players maybe with even greater potential right now. I like where the offense is. Jarek McKinnon, McGlinchey, Weston Richburg, big upgrades for the run game. You get Pierre Garçon back who has not played with Jimmy Garoppolo at all. The offense is going to be firing. Let's look at this defense. And I said that's my fear. John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan might be overrating their defense right now. There are still major holes. Malcolm Smith gets hurt again. Who the fuck is going to play inside linebacker? Reuben Foster, I tweeted he may be back in September. Maybe that was wishful thinking. He could, it could be a suspension of some sort. Roger Goodell doesn't listen to the courts. He makes his own rules. This year, if this defense is not good, the 49ers could go 8-8. Eight and eight. They could go 7-9. and nine. They could lose a couple close games because they can't get a stop. Richard Sherman, I think, is going to be great. I think he's going to do his thing and be a top 12 corner in the league. You're going to count on the secondary being a little bit better, healthier. That front seven, listen, Buckner has played every snap of his career, too. You've been lucky to have him. Look at how hurt Armstead has been. Not saying that it's automatically going to happen, but front seven guys get banged up. This front seven on the edge and at linebacker needs additional resources. KJ Podcast, going to wrap this one up now just to get this up so everyone can listen. Friday, Mike McGlinchey reaction. Talked about some other draft picks I liked. Um, NFC West didn't get a whole lot better, but you saw Josh Rosen and Rashad Penny Cardinals and Seahawks realizing we got to score more points if we want to keep up with the Rams and 49ers, the class of the NFC West right now. KJ Podcast, I will probably record another one. I'm thinking Sunday. 
We'll see who's picked. Could be another one tomorrow. These are the moments when the 49ers could return to glory. These draft picks, you all understand how important they are. And we will continue to analyze them and continue to be ahead of the discussion and continue to throw parties at Pete's in North Beach. KJ Podcast, we're out. the high fashion hotline hi my family has big plans for labor day weekend but our outfits aren't measuring up then get to old navy old navy yep old navy's huge labor day sale is on now get 50 percent off all jeans 50 percent off all dresses 50 percent off all tees and 50 percent off all sweatshirts and hoodies for the whole family 50 percent off all those styles that's a big deal so is this style started just six bucks at old navy and old navy.com change of plans we're spending the weekend at old navy high fashion old navy valid 830 to 93 excludes in store clearance active licensed and men's package tees